On this episode of Monday to Monday, we have a strange twist. My producer of the podcast, Emily, is interviewing me. You know, I we realized that you guys are probably like, who the heck is this guy? Can we get more info on this man? So Emily has taken upon herself the task of interviewing me. Let's go. <laughs> okay, so I'm Emily. I also work at 137, like Mike. Um, and I've been with the company since January, which is crazy because um, it feels like I joined last week. And um, yeah, no, I'm... I have been producing the podcast since it launched. Um, and it's been awesome. I've loved working with Boyd so much. Oh, um, man. What? Oh, man. Thank you. <laughs> um, but I was asked over the weekend about Boyd. And um, they were like, oh, yeah, what does Boyd do? And I was like, I know he does, like, artist relations. They're like, what's that? And I was like, I uh, I don't really know. So like, what can you describe like what you do when you aren't recording this podcast? Like you clearly spend more than 40 hours a week doing music stuff. Like forgive me when I sound uninformed here, but can you just tell a little bit more about what you do when you're not recording this podcast? Of course. Yeah. And for everyone watching, I did just spend 10 seconds fixing my hat because this is all inverted. It's crazy. And yes, I almost said something, but I didn't. <laughs> yeah, and I did not go to Stanford. I went to Boston University, but I do enjoy wearing a Stanford hat. People look at me different. All right. So anyway, um, when I'm not working on the podcast, I run all of Gary's artist relations, Gary V, Gary Vaynerchuk. So if you're familiar with his content, you know, throughout the years, we've been meeting with artists. I set up those meetings. Then I... um participate in most of them in person as well. So I'll be sitting next to Gary in the studio with your favorite artist or a newcomer who we want you to check out. And then, you know, I keep the relationships alive. So we bring people opportunities, you know, it's, we try to do win-win. So we are currently working with some emerging artists, some people who are about to become big, like Tia Corinne in North Carolina. And she used to work at Bojangles. She loves Bojangles. So I, hit her up. And I said, Hey, you know, if you love Bojangles so much, like, why don't we do something with the brand? And she loved it. And we made a music video with real goats who are the baby's music video team normally, but you know, they work with anyone they, they want to. And so they worked with Tia and we made a really cool music video. And that's like a fun, organic, authentic, honest way to get artists working with brands. So that's what me and Gary V are most interested in now outside of like, commercials for youtube super bowl commercials we also do tiktok campaigns where we get emerging producers artists anyone who has a lot of talent but sees the value in building their resume by making a quick 30 second tiktok piece of audio for brands like walmart um, revlon mm, anyone you could think of we're doing so many of those and those are fun and then on top of that, let's see here. Didn't you say you do something about managing tours? Oh, yeah. I used to tour manage. So I was a tour manager. I tour managed four tours in the USA, one in Europe. I used to manage a video director. I still manage a music producer who mostly works with Future, um, A Boogie, Playboy Cardi, um, 
Sway Lee, just all those guys. And uh, and also, let's see here. Like, how do you have time for all this? Oh, my God. Time management is the name of the game. But, yeah, and then also, let's see. What else do we do? They sound like full-time jobs in and of themselves. And you're just like, oh, yeah, I do this, and I do this, and I do this. <laughs> well, I've done things, and then, you know, the key is all my jobs are somewhat related. So when I'm managing a producer and he goes in the studio with a brand new artist, he might be like, Hey, Mike Boyd, check out this artist and I'll check them out. And then maybe I love them so much that I put them on the playlist with me and Gary. And then they, they see the love from the playlist community. Then I have them come to New York. They meet with Gary V. You see what I'm saying? So it all kind of goes mm-hmm. even with Gary V's V friends, um, NFT collection. Mm-hmm. The producer I manage, Richie South in Atlanta, he did all the beats. So if you buy an NFT from Gary, you get a little video of Gary making it, like drawing it. And the music that oh, plays, yeah. the music that plays was made by my producer. You know, so everything kind of ties in a little bit. I didn't um, know that. Yeah, Gary V made a song. You know, me and Gary V made a song. Um, we like put it together years ago. And it's Tierra Whack, Gunna, T Grizzly. Produced by my producer, Richie South, mixed and mastered by Kendrick Lamar's main guy, uh, Mixed by Ali out in LA. And we went hard for that song. It never came out because of uh, some politics within the music world. And Gary didn't want to. Gary V just does what feels right. So, you know, if you if you come to the office, we'll play it for you. But it's not online. It's an amazing song, though. That would have went, who knows, five times platinum. That was the best song. It's kind of funny. It just lives on my phone now. But yeah, we do a lot. We used to do studio sessions in New York. With who? Like, what do you mean studio sessions? So we would, like, yeah, VaynerMedia. I know what a studio session is, but like, mm-hmm. when you say that, what do you mean? Yeah, VaynerMedia would book a studio session and we would like buy pizza and for soda who? just for artists we liked. So oh, that's so cool. Yeah, Tabby Wakes. Hugo oh, yeah, she's joining us. Yes. That's so cool. I'm so excited to work with her. Paperwork. Tabby Wake should be working on the team ASAP. But um, shout out to Tabby. But yeah, like Tabby Wakes, Hugo Joe, Rollo, who's in jail at the moment. Um, RIP. No, he's in jail. No, he's just in jail. But oh, uh, okay. I'll cut that. Yeah. What time is this? You can keep it if you want. But yeah, so Rollo, Illmind, the producer, just tons of people you know who we like so we were just doing studio sessions recording songs with these artists and what's cool is most of these artists love gary and they love his content so when we're in the studio gary will be like gary's amazing so you know they'll be writing their verse and gary will be like let me hear it and they'll like rap their verse for him real quick okay, and so like, gary will be there yeah gary came to all this oh my god we recorded all of it it's all on camera and uh where does, that, live? That-, does that live anywhere uh, on D Rock's phone or something. Oh, okay. okay. But it might. Some of it might be public. I don't know. But yeah, Trinidad James, uh, Young Bands. But basically, yeah, they would rap their verses for Gary, and then Gary would be like, "Oh, that's pretty cool." But why don't you talk about how important patience is? And then they would like, they would like edit edit the uh, lyrics a little bit. It was pretty cool. So it was like oh, a DJ so Khaled. Yeah, it was like a DJ Khaled moment where Gary was getting people together he loved. You know, obviously I was getting people together I loved and we we're all just in the studio making the music, you know. It, it was crazy. Gary Gary loves music so much that he like 
his schedule's insanity, but he was carving out time to just sit in the studio. He was sitting on the couch, you know, and watching the whole process. These songs, some people make songs quick. Some people takes hours, you know, and we were just there enjoying it. And we were going to put it out. Potentially, we were going to release it somehow, but it never came out because Gary just wants to do what's right. And he just maybe one day it'll come out, but it just didn't feel right. It was it was more for fun. Do you see yourself doing a project like that with him in the future? Maybe, but only if it makes sense. Like we're, we're mostly just focused on helping people, you know, mm-hmm. when, when, you know, obviously we get stuff out of some of this too. Like when we put Meg the Stallion and I believe it was her first Super Bowl commercial a couple of years ago, it probably was because I can't imagine she was in one the year before at that Super Bowl, but I don't know. But Meg the Stallion, we put her in a Super Bowl commercial so that's great for us because it's like, hey, we got Meg Thee Stallion in a Super Bowl commercial, but it's great for her too because who doesn't want to be in a Super Bowl commercial when it was years ago? So you see what I mean? It's like all win-win. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I guess I want to take a step back here for a second. Like you don't just get that job with Gary. So like I want to take a step back and talk about how you landed here. And um, you said you went to BU. So I know you're from the St. Louis area and you went to BU. Can you talk about that and your like jobs out of college and just like walk us through how you got to Vanner? Yeah. So yeah, I'm from uh, right outside St. Louis, but St. Louis is an interesting place. So if you're from St. Louis, I went to DeSmet High School. I grew up in St. Peter's, O'Fallon area, St. Charles. So, you know, it's pretty common in my opinion, if you're from that area to like kind of do what I did. But then I went to Boston University and me, my brother, my sister, my other brother, we all went to BU. Um, We all got like really good financial aid scholarships. Our situation was great. So we all went to BU, which was amazing. Such a good school. And what happened was I met AJ Vaynerchuk freshman year and uh, we stayed in contact, you know, love AJ. So yeah, we stayed in contact. And what happened was I was working senior year. I think I had, if I'm not mistaken, I think I had six jobs at the same time. So I was working at the front desk of Boston university, you know, like I was the person that answered phone call and stuff like that. And then I was promoting nightclubs, bars. I was also kind of managing a DJ, you know, he did a lot himself, but I was his manager. So that was cool. Um, so that's three jobs. And then, I, oh yeah, I was Warner Music Group's college rep for Boston. I was Microsoft's college rep for BU. That might've been Boston too. I don't know. And then I swear there was a sixth one. I don't remember. But anyway, I was doing all that. And when it was time to graduate, Warner Music Group, um, WEA, that's W-E-A, that's what they call the part of the company I was working with. They kind of said, you know, if you want to come to New York city, we're sure we could get you a job at Atlantic records or one of the, one of the labels we own. And, uh, I loved it. And they, yeah, when I was in college, I saved up all my money that I was making from all those jobs in a shoebox cash. And I went to New York city. I took a, um, one of those trains from Boston to New York city. I oh, know. I'm sorry. One of the buses. And get this. I went to Brooklyn and they have this housing set up for, uh, college students. And so I, I don't know if I lied or not, but I told them, I was like, here's the cash. I want to live here. (laughs) And so they let me live there for like two or three months. And I guess I probably did lie and say I was a college student. And, uh, 
yeah, I paid him in cash, went back to Boston, graduated, moved to New York City, June 1st, 2000. What time did you graduate? Yeah, that was just about 2009. So yeah, then I moved to New York City, lived in Brooklyn for like two months trying to get a job. And so I met with Atlantic Records. It was cool, but it wasn't like, I don't know. It was it was one of those situations that was super entry level, obviously, because I just got out of school. And it was a situation where like they weren't going to pay me a lot. And, you know, I needed money to pay rent. So I was like, okay. But I was thinking about it. And then I got a quick job being like a busboy type thing at a restaurant that was very busy in a financial district by Wall Street. And I was pretty horrible. Oh, no. On the third day, they asked me not to come back. Oh, but no, my God. I know, but I texted AJ because um, I wanted to get a picture with Gary V for Twitter. I was like, yo, I need a picture with your brother for my Twitter profile picture, whatever. And uh, why did you need that? Oh, because in 2009, Gary was huge on Twitter. Oh, yeah. But like, what were you trying to do with that? Oh, I don't know. Well, you know what I mean? I was just like, this guy's <laughs> smart. Maybe I could work with them. It, um, that type of vibe. When I was in college, up with AJ at the time for that not to be weird. Yeah, okay. me, and, me and AJ have always been friends. But oh, okay, okay. <laughs> for, okay, I didn't realize you were that close at that time. I thought you were just heading up, be like, "Yo, can I see your brother for a second? I need to take a picture with him." Like, it's like that's kind of weird. No, yeah. Let me step back a second. So, no, me and AJ were great friends. Um, especially freshman year. You know, we started. We we met each other, and he quickly realized I knew a ton about music and he you know loved music but he knew a ton about websites and other things obviously aj's a genius but so me and him connected and we just started messing around creating a website doing all this stuff together what website or like what kind of website it was just with me writing articles about musicians i thought were going to be famous and i have a really good track record of that and so that hit uh gary v's radar because aj was like yo I met this guy at college. He's pretty consistently correct. You know what I mean? And Gary was like, that's interesting. And then one person, um, I found Soldier Boy when he was in high school. Oh, my God. And he was in high school, I think, Mississippi. And it was really early. But um, I found Soldier Boy on the Internet. And I was like, dang, this kid's going to be famous. Um, And a lot of people didn't get it because they were like, oh, this music's you know, people would be like, this music's bad or whatever. But I was like, no, 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 no. Like, this guy's going to be famous. You know what I mean? Because sometimes people who, quote unquote, don't make the best music, quote unquote, do become famous. You know what I mean? Like, just because you don't like it doesn't mean other people won't like it. You know what I mean? So you got to kind of see past that part. But I did like it. But you know what I mean? Even if I didn't, I'd be smart enough to be like, okay, maybe I don't like it, but at least I know this is going somewhere. But anyway, um, yeah, so he told Gary about Soldier Boy and how I, you know, was saying that was going to happen. And then years later, he came out with Crank That Soldier Boy and blew up. And then it was on the radio, and Gary and AJ were on their way to a Jets game or something like that. Sure. Yeah, and uh, I think AJ said, "Yo, pull over the car." I don't know what AJ said, but Gary was like, "What the hell?" And then AJ was like, "Remember that guy, Mike Boyd? I told you about." He's like, "This is the artist he said was going to blow up." And it, it happened. So that was pretty cool. So, you know, Gary had that in the back of his head all this time anyway. Um, but I had never met Gary. And then going super far back real quick, in high school, I was the guy who made people mixtape CDs. 
Oh, so, I don't like, doubt that for a second. Yeah. So like, you know, cause I went to school with a bunch of, um, really rich kids. So I had a computer and I was, I had a lime, lime wire or whatever. And anyway, these, these kids had a lot of money and they were like lazy, I guess. So they were like, yo, I'll give you $20 if you make me a CD of this, this band or this rapper or this classic rock, whatever. And I just downloaded it and made them CDs. But also I would be like, yo, by the way, here's a CD of soldier boy, or here's Mike Jones, or here's whoever they're going to blow up, you know, or here's like the local St. Louis artists I believe in. So like I was doing all that back then too. Kanye West, all that stuff. Cause wow. you know, when I was in high school, that was all new, but um, anyway, yeah. So I moved to New York and so, you know, I always knew who Gary was. Oh, and in college, my sixth job, I figured it out. Sycamore, okay. Sycamore. He um works with Travis Scott and he's a pretty big deal. Um, I worked for him in college because I just hit him up and I was like, yo, I want to work for you. And he like put me through the test and I, you know, I don't know. He let me work for him. So that was cool. But uh, yeah, I did the same approach with Gary kind of, you know, I was like, yo, Gary's smart. I got to meet this guy, you know? So yeah. So my, so I wanted to meet Gary and it was the third day at that job. And I remember. Yeah, I remember AJ and Gary, their schedule, it wasn't going to work out because I had to work at that restaurant. But then when they fired me, I texted AJ immediately and I was like, yo, I could come right now. And then AJ, like there was like probably four or five o'clock and AJ's like, all right, cool. Come to VaynerMedia right now. You'll catch us right before we leave. So I went and I was wearing like my black pants, black shirt, black Converse shoes because I was a busboy, you know, all dirty whatever. And yeah, I met Gary and he hired me on the spot. He was just this like, is what year? 2009. Yeah. He was just like, yo, you want to work for me? Like, yes or no. I was like, yeah. He's like, all right, you start tomorrow. Oh my God. And where was the office at this point? Tribeca. Wow. My God. And so what was your role when you started in 2009? Basically music relations. Okay. So similar to what you do now. Yeah. How has it evolved since 2009? Um, it's evolved a lot. So back then, we were doing a lot of the same stuff. We were doing interviews, articles, you know, like building these real relationships. Um, we still do that. Now we have more of a team to do it. But nowadays, it's more like um, it's a lot easier to put together brand deals. You know, like I tried to do a brand deal with uh, – Kendrick Lamar um, at the early stages of his career around his section 80 project. And I don't remember all the details, but the brand didn't do it. You know, like they just didn't believe or didn't want to put their money behind him. You know what I mean? And that's mm -hmm. Kendrick Lamar. You know what I'm saying? But now it's not that hard for me to get the conversation pretty far with a brand. You know what I mean? Like back in the day, me and, me and Gary did, um, talked to brisk iced tea through Pepsi uh -huh. and we got a situation going with them and uh, Travis Porter from Atlanta, that rap group. And uh, that was really cool. And then we did some early connections with Mac Miller, Mountain Dew um, in 2013, I think. Yeah. 2013, I connected young Jeezy with Avion Tequila and that was a big one. Um, 
they were a client, they were a client of VaynerMedia. So I connected the dots there and I, you know, I spoke to Jeezy's manager for probably three or four months. And I also spoke to Ken Austin. He owns a, he owned Avion. They sold it, I think, or something like that. And Jeezy made a lot of money because I was just, you know, the middleman. Cause you know, Jeezy's people were like, okay, we want to do it, but how do we do it? And what's it like? And blah, blah, blah. And then same conversation from the brand side is like, okay, we want to work with this guy, but what's it like? And how do we do it? And, you know, and then we all got dinner. We all got dinner in New York City and uh you oh, and who else, sorry. Oh, me, Jeezy, his manager and the owner of Avion. We all got dinner in New York. And that was the first time they met, so I was there and we all got dinner. Let me grab this. What were you gonna say? No, 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 no. That's I just Oh my god. <laughs> yeah. This is the uh this is the bottle we drank out of. Oh my god. Isn't that crazy? Wait, hold on. Yep, there it is. Yeah. Yeah. We drank out of this that night. And then, uh, yeah, the owner, the owner, what, what year was that? Uh, 2013, but the owner, um, of Avion, this says it was made in 2012, but that was definitely 2013 when we drank it. But yeah, the owner of Avion, he was so happy at the dinner cause it went so well. And he was just like, yo, Mike, you keep this bottle, man. This was a big moment. You keep this as a memory of the dinner. So yeah, I had it right there on the desk. <laughs> so oh that's oh my god, that's incredible! Wow. Yeah, and then Macklemore back when he was um really hot and like maybe right before he won his Grammy or whatever, mm-hmm. right after he tweeted out or no, he Instagrammed um something about how he really liked Tropicana. He liked Tropicana grapefruit juice i think and also these little candies that they made anyway i saw that message on his or i saw that post and i told the team because i was a client too and i told the team i was like yo where was the client or tropicana tropicana i was like yo this guy likes tropicana because we just try to do organic stuff and so i hit up macklemore's manager who i knew for a while and uh i just told him i was like yo we'd love to send you free product and so that's all we really did we just sent them cases of the drink and the candy i think and then he posted on his instagram and shouted us out and like what's interesting there is that we didn't ask him to do that but you know when you give so when you give people free product that they already like yeah sometimes they post because they like the gift or whatever but they don't have to especially if they're that popular but he did and so it was like it was like whoa that was amazing you know because super organic and real and what's funny is some people would pay a lot of money for that, but oh it's crazy. God. We just like him. I knew his manager forever and uh, we just sent him what he wanted and he just posted it. It was like, whoa. So like little things like that throughout the years. But nowadays, I mean, we're working on campaigns with big brands for NFT drops with artists. We're working on YouTube based commercials with artists that are like music videos. We're working on so much right now. And that's what really changed. And that's why we're building out the team with Tabby Wakes and everyone else because uh, we have a lot of business now. You know what I mean? Like we've always tried to do it. And if you, like I said, if you pay attention to Gary's meetings on YouTube, Tierra Wack, whoever, I set those up, you know, Nikki Jam, uh, Setch, whoever, like we, I set those up. So we've been meeting and watching and learning and listening and promoting and sharing music we like since day one. But now it's like, it's the start. This is the beginning of something crazy. Yeah, that's what I want to ask you next. So, like, where do you think 
all of all of this is gonna go whether it's the podcast your relations with artists with gary like what are you excited about right now like yeah i guess that's my question what are you excited about right now um most excited right now is uh about helping helping emerging artists who are not signed to record deals get some money um and exposure and build their resume so like Lil Polo T in New York City, perfect example. Really like the guy, really like his music. I've heard his unreleased music because I've been in the studio with him. It's really good. You know, I see I see where he's going, right? So it's like, I hear the music. It has some really cool samples in some of his music. Not all of his music has samples, but I see like what he's doing, right? And I see how people are reacting. And um, then he let me hear some unreleased stuff. So I see where he's going musically, right? So I kind of report back to the team, tell Gary, whatever, you know, you know, Gary checks it out. He loves it so much. He posts on his social, you know, Gary, everything he does on social is him. He doesn't let anyone else do it. So that's cool. And we playlist them. When we playlist them, he might've had 9,000 plays on this one song, maybe less. I don't know, but I screenshotted it at 9,000. And then today he just posted it broke a hundred K and he literally in the caption said, thank you to the whole team at 1.37 p.m. And thank you, Mike Boyd, uh, Jr. Because, uh, you know, we were playlisting the, the hell out of that song. We still are. I playlist it every week because we love that song. And that's what we do. So it's crazy to see an emerging artist like him in 2021, you know, really feeling the effects of our playlist really feeling the effects of Gary V and myself and 1.37 PM, like putting his music to our followers and then getting him involved in these big brand deals that we're working on because he could use the money more than like, you know, some big star like Drake. Right. So like if I give Polo T, um, 10,000, 20,000, 30,000, whatever I give him, that's a big deal to anyone, but it's more of a big deal to an emerging artist than a superstar, you know? Absolutely. So it's like, it's super win-win and that's what we've always wanted to do. And that's what we've always done and tried to do. It's just win-win because we get an artist for a good price. So they're happy with the money. Then the brand looks really cool and really smart. And they are, they are smart, but you know what I'm saying? It's like, they yeah. trust, they trust like getting Meg the stallion on a Super Bowl commercial. Exactly. The brand trusts Genius. us. What'd you say? Genius. Oh, sorry. Oh yeah, exactly. So yeah. So, you know, the brands that are going to work with Polo T, they trust us. It's a risk, but they trust us. They're like, all right, cool. We see the vision. Maybe they listen to music and they like it too. But the whole point is that these big brands will historically look great. You know, like if that brand back in 2010 or whenever Kendrick Lamar dropped Section 80, if they would have jumped on board, they would look so smart right now. You know what I mean? It's about taking that risk. And, you know, sometimes brands are scared to take the risk and I get it. But when you're when you're not scared to take the risk, the upside is so huge, especially if you're working with me and Gary Vee and VaynerMedia because we have a track record. You know, we're not we're not new to this. So, yeah, but seeing Polo T get some money and exposure and build his resume, because when he does sign a record deal, he could say, hey, look, I already made this much money off my music. I already worked with these big brands huge like some of the biggest brands in the world are what we're bringing to him right now and also you know i got people like gary v promoting me i got this playlist promoting my music all the time it just gives him more leverage because then when he talks to the record label they treat him differently you know which mm -hmm. makes sense and that's the thing too i think 
I like record labels. Like some people are so angry, but I'm not angry. It's like, you just got to know what you're doing. If you need a team and you need those people on your team to do the deal. But if you don't need the team, maybe wait a little bit. You see what I'm saying? It's like some people are, Oh, I hate record labels or, Oh, I love it or whatever. But it's really just a situation of you got to, if you need something, you need to go fix it. You know, like if you need help with marketing, go get help. And if the record label is the help you need, then take it. You know what I'm saying? It's like, it's not really, it might not be the best for everyone, but if you want to be on billboards and you want to be in commercials and you want to be on Netflix, like maybe you do need that, you know, if that's what you want. So you and Gary like have this insane ability to like pick out people and be like, like Mac Miller, like all these names that you are like, yep, this person's going to pop. Like how, like, what do you look for? Like, how can you, I'm sure a bunch of people come to you and are like, Hey, Mike Boyd, can you play this to me? Like, um, or like, I'm sure you look through so much, so much music that's coming from all these emerging artists and to put on the playlist and you're just trying to decide what makes it and what's not like, what do you look for when you're trying to choose an emerging or not choose an emerging artist? But like, how do you know somewhere like, I'm not speaking very tactfully. No, I get it. Like, how do you know someone's going to pop? Yeah. You're so good at it. The way Gary's like can see around corners. So can you? I love it. No, I agree. I uh, I know what you're saying. So it's a lot of things, believe it or not. Um, it's the whole package, you know? So, and you got to keep in mind, like I said earlier, not all the, not the best artist always blows up. And then you got to keep in mind, like, what is your definition of success? You know? So, um, you know, it's like, if I see an artist and they're really musically talented in my subjective opinion, I'll, su- I'll support them, you know? him her whatever like whoever the person is if if they're musically talented like they're good at rapping they're good at singing maybe the beats are really good and they're picking the beats or co-creating the beats or making them themselves like i'll support it because at the end of the day i want to bring people talented musicians you know what i mean so like if you listen to the playlist not everyone's gonna blow up but that's okay because I need you to just hear good music. You know, like some of everyone has like personal favorite artists that never made it, you know, like you might be like, Oh, I really like this artist from my neighborhood or from my city or from my state. And other people were probably like, never heard of them. You know what I mean? Or like, whoop de doo don't care. But it's like, to you, it means something. So like when you listen to the playlist, you're getting that. But then when I found, uh, when I first heard Tierra Whack, it was like, Whoa, and I saw her music video for Mumbo Jumbo, which is crazy on YouTube. And, you know, you see the whole vision. Like I said, like you see what she does visually with music videos, but you also hear her lyrics. You hear everything in-house production, like all that. And she's from Philly. And, you know, you just take everything into consideration. Her style, like her clothing, um, everything. Her management. Management is huge. If you really want to know if someone's taking it to the next level, sometimes having a good team means a whole lot. But you know, we really believed in Tierra Whack. And so we we're supporting. And then I'll tell you something crazy is like, we were putting her on the playlist every week. But I was thinking to myself, I was like, dang, I really need to do something so that when she blows up, people remember that they heard her here first. So then I put her like, however many songs she had, because this was before her debut project, Whack World. So however many songs she had on Spotify, I think I playlisted them all, all in a row. So like first five or six or whatever it was. And then and I told D Kirk or, you know, whoever I had to tell who on my team, I was like, yo, we're going to go hard for her. 
and it's going to freak people out or be a jarring experience. When you listen to the playlist and you hit play, you're going to be like, whoa, why was that so many songs from the same artist in a row? That was really weird. Like, and then Gary V had me meet him at this restaurant for a meeting and I was early or he was running late or something. And he was meeting with these old men at a table. And then he called me over. He's like, yo, Mike, come over here. I want you to meet these guys. And I don't remember who they were, but I met them. And Gary's like, yo, this is my guy who runs my playlist. And then the old dude was like, yo, love the playlist, but why the hell did you playlist that Tierra Whack artist six times in a row? I hated it. He was like, that was horrible. She's the worst. And I was like, yo, I was like, that's exactly why I did it. I was like, because I need you to remember that I did that when she blows up. I was like, she's going to be famous, man. And I, I go, that's perfect. That's exactly what I wanted. Like, whether you like it or not, I just needed people, you know, because like in, I guess, 2021, like if if you know who Tara Wack is, you're like, wow, she's amazing. But if you were listening to the playlist at the time, you probably, I hope you remember we were early. You know what I mean? And she shouts us out all the time. And she's probably one of the nicest artists I've ever met. But you know what I'm saying? We just try to go hard, like Polo T. I can't believe he shouted us out in his Instagram post. That means a lot to me. Um, that's cool. You know, that's huge for me. You know, he's not the most famous artist at all, but he means a lot to me. So when he shouted me out, I was like, whoa, you know, he cares about you. Yeah. I was like, that's crazy, man. Cause you know, we do this. I think we've been doing the playlist for four and a half years. Wow. Like we've been doing this and not everyone, no one has to ever say thank you ever. I don't care about that. But when people do stuff like that, it's like, whoa, that's crazy. You know what I mean? Like, that's crazy. Cause like we do this, people tell me all the time, they're like, yo, Mike, we appreciate you promoting the music. If you ever want a free show for Vayner media, whatever, we'll do it. And I'm like, no, 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 no. <laughs> or they'll be like, why we're doing this. Yeah. They're like, yo man, uh, we want to cut you in on this or that. And I'm like, no, 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 no. And people try to pay to be on the playlist. We would never do that. Cause we, we can't mess up the integrity of the playlist and we really don't do favors. Like sometimes I might let something slip once in the last four years or something, but it's it's like a really hard moment for me where I'm like, yeah, you're a great person. I guess I'll listen to your song five times in a row and really think about playlisting this, but we don't really do favors because, you know, it's like the record label people, I love them. They're great, but you got to think about it like this. They have a day job. So like, you know, you might... um you might really love Lady Gaga and then you get your day job working at the record label and she's one of the clients of yours. But, you know, you also have six other clients that maybe you don't like. And then maybe you email me and you're like, hey, I want my sixth client to be on your playlist. And it's like, I get it. Like, that's your job. And you're really trying to get that happening. But like, we can't fall into the trap of just doing favors. I can't be like, yo, really respect you so i'm gonna blindly playlist everything you send me you know some people are like hey mike can you playlist this uh pop funk alternative song and it's like doesn't really fit the vibe of the playlist this week you know what i mean it's like i can't do that you know what i mean so people get it i guess but yeah but going back to people trying to do me favors it's like please don't do me a favor because i tell people all the time it's like you're only on the playlist because you're talented you know what i mean like you don't owe us anything you really don't. And if you do as a favor, great. I love it. But like, you don't have to do that. Nothing's expected of you. Yeah. It's like all good, you know, 
Like we're playlisting you because you're dope. It's really cool that you acknowledge us and show love back. That's amazing. But like, this is our job. You know what I mean? This is not a joke. Like the playlist is for the people. It's fun that the artist respects it. That's the best. It's like, that's what I live for, I guess. But you know it's what I mean? Like you're expecting a free show or expecting them to post it and you're going to be upset if they don't or. Yeah, exactly. But if they want to post it. Oh yeah. It's <laughs> like working with a, yeah. it's like working with a brand. I tell artists all the time. It's like you get a deal with Pepsi and they ask you to post five times, but you end up posting 10 times. Pepsi sees it and then they're like, oh, damn, now we want that person to do a bigger campaign. And then you go hard and then they're like, okay, now they do a bigger campaign. And then eventually you do their Super Bowl commercial or their halftime show. It's all about just going hard, you know? And Polo T goes hard. That's really cool. And building relationships, which you're so good at. Hell yeah. What else? What else is going on in your world? Do you have any closing thoughts? Oh, um, yeah, you know, the playlist, the podcast, just organic stuff, you know. Uh, Gary V is meeting with Faruko next week. Um, he's really big in the Latin space. I think he's the 25th most streamed artist in the world on Spotify. Oh yeah, and I got to make a clarification for everyone. We meet with artists that speak Spanish because my grandpa is from Mexico. My wife is from Paraguay. My in-laws are from Paraguay. Uh, I have to speak Spanish every day in my day life, you know, not for work, but in real life. And I did not know you spoke Spanish. Wow. Yeah, I'm not fluent, but I'm not bad. I'm really not bad because I literally have to speak it. But the point of my story is this. It's not a joke. You know what I mean? Like Gary Vee, we don't meet with a lot of like K-pop artists and not <laughs> nothing against K-pop. <laughs> It's the hottest. That's, okay, that shouldn't be funny to me, but it kind oh of Oh, my is. God. Yeah, I know. Sometimes I th say things in a funny way, but my point is, like, we're not trying to fake it. You know what I mean? Like, just because BTS is the hottest thing ever doesn't mean we're necessarily going to meet Hop them. On the bandwagon, yeah. Like, I mean, I'd love to work with them, but, you know, I'm not, like, out here. We're not out here, like, oh, we got to meet Faruko because he's hot. It's like, we got to meet Faruko because I personally like him. I personally like the music. My cousin likes the music. You know what I mean? Like tons of people who are related to me are obsessed. So I'm like, hey, Gary, this guy's great. You know what I mean? So it's coming from an authentic place. It's not like, because, you know, some people get confused and some people don't know Gary Vee personally. A lot of people don't know me personally. So it's like, I just got to make that clarification, you know, and lately on the podcast, I've interviewed some people from Mexico or Spain and I've thrown in some Spanish because I want them to know exactly what I want them to hear. You know what I mean? Like, that's why you speak Spanish. You speak it so people could understand you. It's not a joke. You know what I mean? So, like, we're just trying to be real. You know what I mean? Like, Gary really loves rap. Gary really loves the Latin space. You know what I mean? I really love the Latin space. I really love rap. I also like pop. I also like rock. I also like alternative. I played the piano in college. Um, I played the guitar in high school. I used to be so good. If you played the guitar, I could or the piano, I could tell you what note you were hitting just from listening to it. Wow. You know what I mean? So like, it's not a joke. I just need to say that. You know what I mean? Because some people are jokes, but we're not jokes. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> some people are jokes. Some people are big time liars, fakes and phonies, but we're not. So that's a Mike Boyd quote right there. That's the quote. Crop that. 
Yeah, but you know what I'm saying? It's like, we're just trying to do real stuff. Obviously, no one's perfect, but we're just trying to do real organic things, you know? Absolutely. Okay. Um, Yeah, so I guess that's it, unless you have anything else, Boyd. No, I think that's it. Um, Yeah, we've already ran double the time that we (laughs) intended to. Yeah, it's okay. I was having fun. Yeah, me Um, too. This was great. Yeah, it's just having fun. We have some, I know Tyler Walsh is listening. We have so much work to do, but it's okay. Yeah, there's so much going on, which is amazing and overwhelming, but this is this kind of job. Hell so, yeah. So back to probably a normal interview next week, and I'll go back to being behind the scenes. Um, so, boy, I'd want to take us out. Yeah, you'll be missed. <laughs> God. All right. Yeah. So that's the end of the episode. So now I'll do the outro. Um, on this episode, or no. <laughs> All right. I hope you enjoyed listening to me and Emily go back and forth, tell my story. She asked some great questions. If you have more questions, shoot us a DM, MikeBoyJR on Instagram, 137 p.m. on Instagram. Emily, what's your Instagram? Um, at Emily underscore Lorimer underscore. All right. Spell your last name real quick. Uh, L-O-R-I-M-E-R. Yeah. People yeah, should I'll, I'll hyperlink it in the description too. Oh, damn. Yeah. She's the producer of the show. So she knows how to hyperlink all that. So I'm sure she'll shout herself out super hard, but <laughs> oh my God. I'm rolling my eyes for anyone listening. Yeah. And also if you check out Emily on Instagram, be sure to check her TikTok because I do believe in her. She's going to be TikTok famous soon. Okay, sure. We'll You're going to eclipse that. Sean from the team. <laughs> One day. Yeah. Oh, my God. We all hate Sean. All right, cool. Let's go.